0: God, we do. We believe in You. We we believe that You are the same yesterday, today and forever. We believe that You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, that You have overcome death and You have in You everlasting life and You've given Your life to us. God, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for You So thankful that you sent your son Jesus to die in our place. Thank you that he rose from the dead and is alive today. We thank you that you've poured out your Holy Spirit into our lives. We thank you that you'll never let us go. Thank you that you hold us in the palm of your hand. God, we just thank you that you are so big and you're so good. We love you, God. God, would you you do a work in our hearts this morning? God, would you fill our hearts with worship of you? God, fill our hearts with faith in what you're going to do. God, we believe in you. We trust you. We love you. We submit to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Grab a seat. It's good to declare truth like that. You like that song? Cool. We're going to sing it again later. Hey, um, I just believe, I, look, you know, it's been a big weekend for us at the church. Just as we're singing that song together, I just really believe that right now in this space, in this service... God is doing something powerful in people's hearts. Don't, don't diminish this morning what God can do in your heart. Don't, don't just sit here and think it's just, a, it's just another Sunday or it's just another year rolling around. Don't diminish the change that God can make. Now look, look through the Scriptures. We just see when, when, when ordinary people you know, take hold of a promise of God by faith. He transforms people from the inside out. I believe He wants to do a transforming work in some of us here this morning. Get just get ready for it. Get ready for 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 God to speak to your heart this morning and to take hold of what He says. Today is Vision Sunday. I want to say another big welcome uh, to all of you and. Uh, 2018 is actually our 90th anniversary, our 90th birthday as a church. Gateway Baptist Church is 90 years old in 2018. Why don't you just say, happy birthday, Gateway. You know, as we we look back at all that God has done over 90 years, we've got so much to be thankful for. You know, God has answered our prayers in miraculous ways. You know, the God of miracles has poured out his power into, into people's lives in miraculous ways. You know, God has provided in miraculous ways. As we look back, we've got so much to be thankful for. You know, in 1928, Reverend Edward and Keith, riding his horse down Logan Road, you know, wanted to find a place to uh, share the gospel with young kids who he was reaching in the, uh, the the local schools. And he found this little hall and he opened it in 1928 for young kids to come and to hear the gospel. And 40 kids turned up on the first Sunday and, and heard the gospel. And I, I, I bet in his wildest dreams he couldn't have imagined that 90 years later we'd actually be as a church reaching over a thousand young people every weekend. You know kids, youth, young adults just walking through our doors hearing the gospel every weekend. In the, in the 30s and the 40s you know uh, we continued to be an outstation of Greenslopes Baptist Church. Before it was cool to be a multi-campus church you were called an outstation. And we were an outstation through the 30s and, and the 40s. And, uh, and God sustained us and was faithful to us throughout World War II until in 1949, we became a church in our own right known as Holland Park Baptist Church. In the 50s, the church continued to grow. Many more families came. Many families came to faith. And in 1959... Billy Graham came to Australia. And you know, in 1959, three million people in our nation went to hear the gospel preached by Billy Graham. 143,000 people came to faith in Jesus for the very first time. I tell you, it's happened before, it can happen again. You know, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we've asked or imagined. At 8 o'clock, we got to honour again Glyn Bensley, who became a a Christian in 1959 at the Brisbane Exhibition Ground when Billy Graham preached, and he has been a member of our church for 59 years. He's the longest-serving member still alive. He's had to go home, but why don't you put your hands together for... In the 60s and 70s the fashions grew louder, the church grew larger and uh, they needed to build a new kids and youth hall behind the church and uh, more and more families came and we've seen our own miracles in just the last few years of kids and youth building out there where uh, hundreds of kids can come every weekend and hear the good news about Jesus. In the 80s and 90s there was a powerful renewal of the Holy Spirit in the church many people were saved and healed and the church grew quite miraculously and had to move from holland park into mansfield state school hall and god continued to move the church continued to grow and and then in the late 80s and early 90s there's some people and some people still here made some incredible sacrifices to actually buy this bit of land and they worked hard over an 18-month period to build these walls and put back together this building that arrived here on 44 semi-trail loads. And God has, been, has blessed us with this incredible property and these incredible facilities as a place to preach the gospel and to be a family together. And I'll always be thankful for those who made the sacrifices during that season of our history. And some of them are here today. Just put your hands together for, uh, for those guys. You know, the, the 2000s was actually a time of miraculous healing. There was some uh, very painful conflict in the church in the late 90s and uh, through the 2000s God miraculously did heal the heart of this church and uh, I think the fruit of that healing is seen in the way that the church just began to look out to a hurting community to bring healing and hope to those in need in the community. And many of our care ministries established during this decade, our care centre and our op shop, our uh, resource centre, our uh, royal treatment ministry, all began to reach out with with love and care to those in need in our community. Our counselling centre came along a little bit later on. And as the church continued to grow, so did our heart for mission right around the world through Gateway Beyond, we've now got 59 mission workers that are supported through our Gateway Beyond family, uh, just reaching people around the globe. We've established not one, but three vocational training centres for girls rescued from uh, sex trafficking in Southeast Asia. Uh, Last Christmas, uh, God just provided miraculously through your generous giving to build two hospitals of hope uh, in Africa. And uh, God has just continued to put on our heart the need to go to the nations with the good news of Jesus. As we celebrate our 90th anniversary in 2018, we can look back through the decades and give thanks for the way that God has miraculously poured out His power, miraculously answered prayers, miraculously provided for, for ministry to happen. But as we look to the future, I believe that God's word to us in 2018 is expect more. Expect more. Expect more. Because that's what God is like. Ephesians 3 says, to him who is able to do immeasurably more, exceedingly abundantly more than what that we, that we ever ask or imagine according to his power at work within us, to his glory in the church and through Jesus forever and ever. Amen. 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 That's what God is like. I believe God's word to us in 2018 is... Expect more than what you've ever seen before. Expect more than what you've ever seen before. Now, I want to be really clear here. I don't, I don't believe God is saying, you know, uh, I don't think he's, he's expecting, you know, us to, to do more and to be more exhausted and to be more weary, just, to, you know, just doing more and more and more. I, I believe God is actually wanting us to ask Him for more to expect him for more, to to trust more in his power, expecting that he's got even more for us for the future than what we've ever seen before. God is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask. You know, God actually wants you to ask him for more. He's disappointed when you don't. You see, the the power of God is immeasurable, the power of God is unlimited. The power of God is inexhaustible. You know, your, your prayer can never, ever draw the power of God dry. It can't. It's immeasurable. You know, your capacity for asking will never go beyond God's capacity for giving. It, it just can't. He's, he's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask Or imagine, when when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he says, pray like this, Father in heaven, holy is your name. You're you're beyond everything and everyone. You're so good, so great. May your kingdom come, your power and your authority come. May your will be done here, here on earth as it is in heaven. When Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, he's saying, when you pray, you you bring power from heaven to earth. And God is not reluctant to pour out his power. As Jesus goes on teaching his disciples to pray, he says, if you then, though you are evil, he's talking to dads at this point, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids. You love to give good gifts to your kids. You love to be generous with your kids. If you're like that, listen to these next three words. How much more? How much more? How much more will your Father in heaven, who is perfect, Give good gifts to those who ask him. Or, or in Luke's gospel, he says, "You know how much more will your father in heaven give his Holy Spirit of power to those who ask? God wants you to ask. Will your prayers bring power from heaven to earth? And he's not reluctant to pour out his power. He actually expects you to ask. Jesus expects his followers to actually live by faith in the miraculous power of God. It's actually the only thing that Jesus consistently rebukes his disciples for is when they don't trust in his miraculous power. There's a couple of one-off misdemeanors that they they get rebuked for. You know, James and John are generally part of it. You know, James and John send their mum to Jesus and say, mummy, can you go and ask Jesus if we can have the best seats in heaven? And uh, Jesus rebukes them for that. So you don't ask your mum you know, to go and you know, ask for favours for you. He rebukes them. And then another time, James and John are going with the other disciples to, to, to a Samaritan village to, to get everything ready for Jesus to come. And the Samaritan village says, we don't want Jesus here. And James and John come up with another brilliant idea and uh, go to Jesus and and, and say, Jesus, do you want us to call fire down from heaven and smite the whole village? Thinking this is a good idea. Jesus rebukes them for that. A couple of one-off things. The only consistent thing that Jesus rebukes his disciples for was when they did not trust in his miraculous power and his miraculous provision. And so when Peter's walking on water to, to meet Jesus, and you kind of think Peter should get a pat on the back because he's the only one who got out of the boat, he begins to sink because he starts getting scared and worried about the waves that are around him. And, and, and Jesus says to Peter, he says, You have little faith. Why? Why did you worry? I have power to do the impossible. You have little faith. Another time, they're, they're out in the boat, and this time we see that they're all scaredy cats when the wind and the waves uh, come up, and they're all starting to cry and whinge and carry on. And Jesus is asleep in the front of the boat, and, and they go to Jesus, wake up, we're going to drown. And Jesus again, same words: You have little faith. Don't you know I've got power to save? And another time, Matthew chapter 17... You know, this time, it's not so much James and John's fault. Actually, they're they're up the mountain with Peter and and Jesus. And when they come back down from the mountain, the rest of the disciples there scratching their heads, trying to work out why they haven't been able to heal this little boy in Jesus' name and cast the demon uh, out of him. And Jesus, pretty stinging rebuke this time. He says, you unbelieving generation. Then he uses those same words again. You couldn't do this because you had such little faith. You read the Gospels. The only really consistent... He rebukes you know, Pharisees for other things, but the only, the only consistent rebuke of the disciples is when they did not trust in his miraculous provision. They did not walk by faith in his miraculous provision and power. And he says, you have little faith. But thankfully, over time, they, they did learn. And so we see in the book of Acts, just ordinary people like you and me begin to get, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit and and trust in the power of God. And we're going to do a journey through the book of Acts over the next few weeks. In Acts Acts chapter 4, you know, uh, Peter, Peter and John, who've just healed this guy, been thrown in prison for preaching the gospel, let out, and the powers that be. Say to Peter and John, do not talk anymore in the name of Jesus, else we'll put you back in prison. They're the, the powers that be. Peter and John, again, are faced with this impossible challenge. They're, they're faced with opposition coming against them. But this time, their natural reaction is to pray. Their natural reaction is to to get on their knees and to pray. And so we see in Acts chapter 4, as soon as they're told never to speak again in the name of Jesus, they gather together with the other believers and they pray like this. They pray to a higher power than the powers that be. They say, sovereign Lord, God, you're sovereign. You are maker of heaven and earth and the sea and everything in it. And then they say, God, sovereign God, would you stretch out your hand from heaven to earth to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders in the name of Jesus? You know what? God was not reluctant to pour out his power. The very next verse it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God boldly. They actually learnt to trust in the power of God through prayer. And this year in 2018, I'm just expecting more and I'm expecting more power through more prayer. I believe God is calling us to get on our knees and expect more power through more prayer. There's a couple of things we're going to do I'd love you to be a part of. Firstly, we're going to launch a multi-campus prayer meeting on Tuesday nights. We're going to move from campus to campus around our city, praying for our communities, blessing our communities, and praying for the lost to get saved. Starting, uh, you hear more about it next week, starting Tuesday week. We're going to gather here at McKenzie, then the next week we'll be in Ormo, then we'll go to Redlands, then we'll go to Logan, then we'll go into the city and then the the cycle will start again and we'll just continue on Tuesday nights to be a church that gathers in different places around our city and prays for our city and believes for the God of miracles to change people's lives today. I'm expecting more power through more prayer. As you walk in next Sunday, whether you walk into our generation space or into this auditorium or down to our Ormo, Uh, campus, you're going to see a prayer wall. The minute you walk in, you're going to see it in all of those spaces. And it's a space where you can go and you can pray and you can pin your prayer on the wall and know that others are going to gather around there and pray for you. And you can come back and you can pin your answered prayer on that wall. And as soon as we walk in every Sunday, we can just see the way that the God of miracles is continuing to pour out his power through prayer. It's going, it's going to be awesome just to see the way that, that God answers prayers uh, throughout the year. We're uh, going to have a church-wide teaching series in, uh, in the second half of the year. I'm really looking forward to I've just called it Supernatural. I just believe God is calling us to walk in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that's uh, the journey that he's got us on and I'm looking forward to all that uh, is going to happen in the second half of the year. But right now, I believe that God is calling us to get on our knees and to pray, expecting more power through more prayer. Now, we all know that kneeling's not the only way to pray, but it's one of the consistent ways that that the scriptures and, and through the generations people have prayed it, it, this is a stance of faith before God in, in saying, God, I, I need you to do something I can't do myself. God, I submit to you as my sovereign God. It, it's a stance of faith. You see, when, when you kneel, you, you, can't, you can't run. You, you can't run from somebody who's trying to get you to do something you know, for them. Oh, oh. Yeah. You, you. When you're on your knees, you can't fight your enemy. You know you can't. (laughs) When you're on your knees and you kind of you're faced with the truth, you can't dance around. (laughs) That'll do. (sighs) On your knees, you're pretty helpless. I I feel helpless. I feel like a goose, actually. But I feel helpless right now. It's a stance of faith. When when you're on your knees and you're facing challenges that are too big for you, you're saying, I can't run away from this, God. I'm trusting in you. When, When you've got opposition coming against you that's too big and you can't fight in your own strength, On your knees in prayer, you're saying, God, I need your power and your strength to fight this battle. You see, when you're on your knees, you can't dance around the truth. On your knees, you're saying, God, God, I want to hear your truth, and I want to submit to whatever you tell me to do, whatever you want me to do. You see, that's the stance of prayer. And it always begins with submission to God and saying, your will be done in my life. I believe God is calling us to get on our knees. There's big challenges in front of us. There's opposition coming against us. When the truth is challenged all around us, to get on our knees and to pray, expecting that God can do more than what we've ever asked before expecting that God has more power to pour out than what we have ever seen before. Do you, can, did you believe that this morning, church? That the God is a God who actually expects us to get on our knees and to ask for more. I'm believing for more power through more prayer. And, and I'm believing for more people filled with power fulfilling the purposes of God. You know, there's a word play in this verse that we know quite well that you don't see in the English. There's a word play in the Greek, and I'm just going to put it up on the screen again. And, and, and it says, to him who is able, those three words, you know, who is able. Can I just get that up on the screen, please, Janine? We lost it. Uh, we've lost it. Um, okay, those three words, it says, who is able. is the Greek word dynamino. All right, so to him who is able to do more than what we've ever asked or imagined according to his dynamis. And so Paul is making it really clear. This same power that God makes God able to do immeasurably more is the same power that, that lives in us. And his power that's at work in the world is actually the power of his Holy Spirit within us. You see, God actually fills ordinary people with Holy Spirit, heaven-sent power to continue the ministry of Jesus on earth. He puts his power within you to become like him in your character and to fulfill his purposes on the earth. You see, there's power at work within you to live like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to, to, to heal the sick in Jesus' name. to to share the gospel of Jesus, to to lead like Jesus, to disciple like Jesus. And the book of Acts is full of ordinary people like you and me that get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to do more than what they'd ever seen before. And so we go back to this guy named Peter. And, And Peter, right at the end of the gospels, it's not a pretty picture for him. You know, we see Peter, who's one of Jesus' best mates, and, and Jesus is getting dragged away to, to be crucified. And Peter hangs back at a distance. And, and it says in, in Luke chapter 22, it says they're sitting around a campfire. He's sitting around a campfire with some of the, the other, we don't know whether the other disciples are there, but some others that have seen everything that's just happened. And in Luke 22, it says, Then seizing him, that's Jesus, they led Jesus away and took him into the house of the high priest. But Peter followed at a distance. And when someone there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, it says, Peter sat down with them. Then a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight, very, very clear that he's sitting down. And I just, just Everyone wanted to, that God wanted to make it clear he's sitting down at this point. Servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with Jesus. Now here's Peter's opportunity to stand up. Here's Peter's opportunity to stand up and to be a man and say, actually, Jesus is my best mate. Here's his opportunity to stand up and say, actually, because he's declared it before in the privacy of the little, you know, disciples' posse, yeah, I actually believe Jesus is the son of the living God. You've arrested the wrong person. Here's his chance to stand up and to nail his colours to the mast. Here's his chance to pledge his allegiance to Jesus and say, I am with him. This teenage girl says, this man was with Jesus in verse 57. It says, but Peter denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. And if you know the story, he does it another two times and he stays seated until eventually he runs away and he never stands up and declares his faith in Jesus. Not a pretty picture. But thankfully, like all of us, Peter gets a second chance. So in Acts chapter 2, Jesus is, is risen. He's gone back to heaven. The disciples are praying together and the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised would come. It was actually, he said it's actually going to be better that I leave you so that my spirit can come and fill you with power. The Holy Spirit filled Peter. Actually, it filled all of them. They were filled with this new power that they didn't understand. And it says all of the people that had just crucified Jesus are gathered around and people from all of the surrounding nations had gathered. There's a really big crowd there. Not just a little teenage girl saying, I know you're with Jesus. There's a crowd of people there who who had screamed out, crucify him. They're all gathered in this massive crowd. They're going, what is going on here? As the Holy Spirit is poured out on, on these people. In Acts 2, verse 14, Peter gets a second chance. Listen to what it says when everyone starts to make fun of them. The Holy Spirit poured out in verse 14. It says, then Peter stood up. He had a second chance. And this time he stood up with the 11. He raised his voice and he addressed the crowd. And let me paraphrase it. He says, you just killed the Son of God, but God raised him from the dead. He preaches a message that the world had never heard before this point. He preaches the gospel for the first time. No one had ever seen this before. Peter, who was too scared to stand up in front of a teenage girl and say, I'm with Jesus, stands in front of thousands that have just crucified Jesus and preaches the gospel and holds nothing back. You crucified the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. And if you want to know eternal life with God, then you too need to repent. You need to turn from your sin and be baptized. Peter gets a second chance and he stands up, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and he shares the gospel, and he sees something happen that had never happened before. 3,000 people get saved in one day. 3,000 people come to know Jesus. 3,000 people know the love and the grace of Jesus just flooding into their lives. Never seen before. I wonder if there's a bunch of us here this morning who need a second chance I wonder if there's a bunch of us who maybe maybe we've never we've never stood up and said I'm a follower of Jesus maybe we've never stepped up and said I'm trusting that God's put power in me to fulfill his purposes on the earth maybe fear has stopped you from ever standing up and stepping out in faith or maybe there's some of you here the, this morning. or if You remember a time. You remember a time somewhere back where, where you did stand up and you found that God did fill you with His Holy Spirit and He gave you power to speak. He gave you power to heal. He, he gave you power to lead. He gave you power to love. He gave you power to disciple. And right now, even as you think back, you remember in those moments that are the times in your life that you felt most alive. But for some reason or another, you got discouraged, you got distracted, you got disappointed, and what, what you've done is is through that discouragement, you know, through that distraction of worldly things, you've actually diminished what God can do in and through you. You've made that that little box that you allow God to have in your life get smaller and smaller and smaller. You've diminished what God is able to do through his power in your life. And you need to read Ephesians chapter 3 again this morning that says our God is able to do immeasurably more than what you've ever asked or imagined before according to his power at work inside you. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And it gives you strength and power to stand up and to speak out for Jesus and to step up and to fulfill his purposes in the church. God is calling some of you here this morning to expect more of his power at work in your life. We just want to help this year, 2018, every person find their purpose in the church. Find their way of sharing their faith with those they live, work and laugh with and finding their way to serve in the church. For some of you, today's a day to take a stand for Jesus, to step up and trust in his power. And lastly, I'm expecting more provision for more places you know in uh, in acts chapter 2 it's it's year 1 of the church you know they got nothing to copy they got no one to follow now we're celebrating 90 years as a church this year. We can look back and we can see all that God has done in, in 90 years. But we're actually part of a much bigger movement that goes back 2,000 years. And Acts chapter 2 is, is describing what happened in year 1. And, and it says all the believers you know, were together and they shared everything. They had everything in common and they sold everything. Their property and their possessions, and they gave to everyone as they had need. And it says, The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so, what we see, you know, right from the beginning, right from the beginning of the church, is that followers of Jesus actually gave generously to enable more people to hear the gospel and get saved, right from the very beginning. When they had nothing else to copy, it was just the work of the Holy Spirit in them. They sold property, they sold possessions, they shared everything, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's always been a sacrifice. We celebrated this morning some people that made big sacrifices here on this property 30 years ago. Many of you made big sacrifices to see that kids and youth building happen so more kids could hear the gospel than ever before. I believe God is calling us to to give generously in 2018 so that more people can hear the gospel in more places than ever before. So if you have a look at our little map on the screen of uh, of where we're going to plant some campuses uh, into into the future, we're getting ready to plant Gateway Redlands on the 22nd of April. Lease is now signed. Construction starts Monday week. We'll be ready to launch there on the 22nd of April. We're going to uh, launch a campus in Logan for more people to hear the gospel in Logan on the 22nd of July, and uh, get ready because we're going to start building some teams to launch a campus in the city next year we just believe God is calling us to create more places in a season in Australia where a a church listen to this a church a week closes its doors in our nation and shuts up shop turns it into a cafe or a carpet shop or a bookstore they've run out of money they've run out of people I believe God is calling us as a growing, healthy church to create more places in our city and around our nation for people to hear the gospel. And like it did in the first year of the church, like it did 30 years ago, it's going to take some sacrifice. It's never easy to give. But, but the, one of the joys of, of, of being part of a church is when we each give our little bit, when we each make a sacrifice. And sometimes it feels like our little bit, you know, doesn't matter. But when we each give our little bit, it starts to make a significant difference. Something actually starts to grow. And and I'm absolutely confident that we we as a church can give generously in, in 2018 to create more places for more people to hear the gospel. And if we each do our little bit, we're going to see God do something more than what we've ever seen before. Let me just tell you a couple of miraculous stories that have already happened just before I finish up. You know, we're, uh, we're, we're going to uh, launch a, uh, a gateway care centre down at Ormo. We've decided everywhere we plant a church, we want to put a care centre where hurting people in our community can come and get healing, get hope, get practical help for the future. You know, someone gave us a building doesn't look like much yet but uh, it's right now being reconstructed into a care center for uh, for people in the Ormo community to come in and to get hope and healing given to us miraculously free of charge there's tradies in there There's tradies in there uh, right now fitting it out, all giving their time for free, all bringing their own materials for free. So far, we've got a bill for $335. Miraculous provision. On March the 18th, we're going to open a care centre down there. We've already got six councillors ready to go. We've got an op shop ready to be fitted out. We've got bagfuls of food ready to give away so that people in that community can know that there's a church who loves them and cares about them. There's a God in heaven who actually loves them and cares about them. You know down in the redlands we 've uh, been praying and looking for a, a place to meet uh, down there to share the gospel and Last year, when I was sharing about this uh, mick i don 't think Mick's here this morning, but Mick Chalmers, who normally sits down in this uh, section, you know, rang me and said Mick got saved here with his whole family about eight years ago, and he, uh, he rang me and said, "Since you started talking about redlands i can 't stop thinking you know about uh, the redlands ymca i 'm the regional coordinator." for uh, uh, Redland, uh, YMCA in Queensland. I reckon you should come down and have a look. We'd already looked at a bunch of other places, hadn't really found anything that really suited. I walked into this daggy old hall that used to be a basketball court and I thought, this is the place this is going to work with a little bit of work. Took the whole team down there, we, we had a look and we sort of started getting towards uh, making that a place where we could preach the gospel in the, in the Redland City Council. And I was sitting up the back here one Sunday night it was a bunch of young people getting baptised in the baptistry. I was talking to another guy, Matt, who's been coming here for the last uh, couple of years, was talking about ministry opportunities and stuff. He says, uh, he says I'm actually really interested in getting involved down at Gateway Redlands. I don't live there anymore but my family's been really involved in in ministry in the Redlands for decades. I said, oh, tell tell me a bit of the story. He he said, you know, in 1975, my grandfather donated his uh, tomato farm to uh, build a sports center where kids could come and play basketball and hear the gospel. And he brought evangelists from all over the world to preach the gospel uh, to these kids and and hundreds. In fact, this morning, just after the 8 o'clock service, several people came to me and said, I went through that place in the 70s and the 80s and I heard the gospel in that place and it grew and grew and grew. Jay's played basketball there as a young, a young kid and, uh, and over time it got too big for his grandparents to look after and so they gave it to, uh, to, uh, to Redlands Council and then Redlands Council in time sold it on to Redlands YMCA. And it's the Redlands YMCA that we're going into today. At the same time, God had told us to bring a pastor on board who, before we'd even found this place, has got a passion for sport and sharing the gospel in the community and bringing those together. And I'm stupid enough to to believe that as people stood on that land in 1975 and prayed that young people and families would come in, play sport and hear the gospel and have their lives transformed, that even though the, 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 the mission of that place a fair way from that, that God has still heard those prayers and He's redeeming that space. And that is going to be a place for the next decade where the gospel is going to be preached and people's lives are going to be transformed forever. I tell you, I didn't know any of that story. How could any of us orchestrated any of that? But God knew. God knows what He's doing. He's able to miraculously provide. You know, I had the, the people from uh, Logan City Baptist ring me when I'd never met them before in my life, never asked them for everything, anything. And they said, we've already voted. We'd like to give you our property to start Gateway Logan. We're going to give you a whole facility. We want to be a part of it. We want to join in and just see God do something fresh and new in Logan. Derek's down there preaching this morning with a team of people. We're going to start taking a team down there uh, every month. It's going to be a place where people are going to hear the gospel and lives are going to be transformed forever. And we're getting ready to plant in the city. We believe God's called us to go right into the heart of the city, a center of influence, and to preach the gospel and to be a light for the gospel in that place. Now, you listen to all of that and everything we're going to do this year, even that we knew God was telling us to do it. We thought that in July last year it was going to cost us about $3 million, but you had no idea how we were going to get it. We've had so much miraculous provision already. We still need to give a generous gift at our 90th birthday celebration, but instead of it being a gift of $3 million, It's now a gift of somewhere between two and three hundred thousand dollars because of all that God has just poured out and provided for us. It's always going to be a sacrifice, it's always going to be a sacrifice to give and to go and to take the gospel. And some of you here, you know, you're getting ready to go and plant down the Redlands. We were praying that 80 people would go. You know, we've got a team of 180 people ready to go and to plant down in the Redlands. And we're, gonna, we're praying for a team of 80 to go to Logan. And right now, there's a place that you can just put your name on a connect card out at our welcome desk and just say, hey, I want to start being part of that team who goes down there and shares the gospel with, uh, with that community. God is so good. He's a God who is able to do more than what we've ever asked or imagined. And we, we can kind of measure some things that God does. We, we can me- measure some of the ways that God's at work in our, in our church. You know, we can measure the age of our church. You know, we're 90, 90 years old. That's, that's measurable. It's that's a fact. It's historical. You know, we can measure how many campuses that we're going to be uh, into... Uh, into uh, 2018, we're going to have four campuses where the gospel is, is going to get preached. You know, we can measure, you know, how much we're going to give to see all of this happen, to see all of these places established. You know, you might be thinking right now, is it going to have three zeros on the end or four? You know, I'm not sure. I'll let God you know, talk to you about that. But, uh, you know, we can measure things like that. You know, we, we, we can measure the number of students we have in GMS this year who are preparing. To take the gospel into communities and around the world. 25 students we've got coming to GMS this year, just getting ready for all that God's got in store for them in the future. We can measure how many Gateway Beyond workers we have around the world sharing the gospel. We've got, we got 59 people in nations all over the globe just sharing the good news of Jesus. We can measure how many food parcels we give out this year. Last year we gave out 800 food parcels to families in need just through this care centre. We know that's going to grow exponentially as we continue to plant care centres, you know, just around our city. I, 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 we can measure how many volunteers, how many people have already put up their hand and said, I, I'm going to serve in this place. I'm trusting in God's power to use me to fulfil his purposes. You know, there's 1,023 volunteers. 1,023 people said, yeah, I'm in. You can you count on me. I'm sure that's going to grow as we uh, continue to, uh, to step into this year and more and more people just to stand up and step out in, in faith. You know, we can, we can measure the floor space that we're going to have down at Redlands for kids to come and for kids' ministries to happen, youth ministry to happen, room for a counseling center, a room for hundreds to come and to hear the gospel. We've got 1,021 square meters we're about to refurbish down in the Redlands. There's a lot of things that we can measure that God has given us, that God has done for us, that God is doing in us. But there is some things. That are immeasurable. see it's immeasurable what, what Jesus can do in a broken person's heart as we just step out in faith and share the gospel. It's immeasurable what what God is going to do in broken families to bring broken families back together and to redeem them and to fill them with love and grace. It, it's immeasurable the, the way that, that people, you know, feeling like they're on the edge brink of suicide. They got no hope. It's immeasurable just as how much hope from Jesus will transform their lives. That's immeasurable. The love of God is immeasurable. The only measure we have is the cross. When Jesus' hands were stretched out and His feet were nailed to that cross, you know, the love of God is wider and it's deeper and it's longer and it goes further than what you've ever imagined. It's immeasurable. The grace of God is immeasurable. Everyone who walks through those doors will always be welcome because God always welcomes everybody into His presence because He's the most gracious, the kindest person you'll ever meet. His grace is off the charts. It's immeasurable. i tell you what else is immeasurable. What He is able to do When a family of people trust in His power at work within them to be a blessing in this generation and the generations to come. That is immeasurable, people. It's off the charts. Our God, I need to hear an amen at the end of this, but our God is able to do immeasurably more than all that we've ever asked or imagined according to His power at work within you and me and us. Amen. I'm really glad you said amen because temporarily I'd forgotten the rest of the verse. Hey, this morning, this year, I, I believe, I believe God is calling some of us to expect more power through more prayer. There's some of us, you just know, and I'd say this is me. I'd say over the years, I've, I've gotten used to stepping out in faith, standing up for Jesus. I, I know God is calling me to get on my knees and to pray, expecting believing that more power will move from heaven to earth than what I've ever seen before. There's others of you here, you need to respond. I've got a really active response this morning. Some of you need to respond, just get on your knees and say, I am expecting more power through more prayer. There's others of you this morning, and you just know, for one reason or another, you've limited, you've diminished the, the, the power of God that's within you and what He can use you to do. You might remember it from the past, but whatever happened in the past, I know God's able to do more. He's able to do more than what you've ever seen before. And you just know 2018 is a year. You've got to stand up and step out. For some of you, it's about standing up for Jesus with those you live, work and laugh with, saying, I believe in Jesus. He's transformed my life. For others of you, it's, it's standing up and, and stepping up into ministry here in the church and saying, hey, I want to play my part. I want to be one of those 1,023 that are putting their, their, their hand to the wheel and saying, I, I'm going to be part of seeing the purposes of Jesus fulfilled in the church. Trusting, trusting that God's given me power to do it. For some of you, your response today and this year is actually to stand up, step out, And there's some others of you here. And I know some of you really won't like being public about this maybe. But this isn't about amounts. It isn't about size. It's about sacrifice and generosity. And as I said, somehow or another, in the year one of the church, somehow everyone looked in and knew that a mark of the church was generosity. People were selling stuff and giving it away so more people could hear the gospel and have their lives transformed. I just reckon that some of you here, you know part of the call on your life is to give generously. Whether it feels like a little or a lot, it will always be a sacrifice. And you just know God's calling you to step up and to, to just expect that He can use you to, to give and to be a blessing to others. You want to be a part. There's something in your heart that says, I want to be a part of, of giving or going to see more places for more people to hear the gospel. Don't be embarrassed about it. God God loves a joyful giver. Come on, let's jump on our feet. Father God, thank you. Thank you that you are a God who's able to do immeasurably more than what we've ever asked or imagined. Thank you that you're more generous than what we can ever picture. Thank you that you're kinder than what we'll know. Until we get to heaven, we see you face to face and we'll get how kind you are. Oh, God, right now, while we're here on earth, in our season, in our time, God, would you you call us, remind us to get on our knees and pray. Would you convict us and challenge us to stand up, to step out in faith, trusting in your power? God, would you move in our hearts that we would be a generous people that just loves to give away to see more places for more people to hear the gospel? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, as the team leads us in this song again, we've got some time right now to come and respond just start moving now. Some of you need to get on your knees and pray. Some of you need to step up. We've some, some steps to stand up on here today and someone's going to just stand beside you and pray for you as you stand up. Just ask that God will fill you with His power like He filled Peter to stand up and to share the gospel and to see something never seen before. Just come and start standing on these steps. Come and say, I'm in. I want God's power to fulfill His purposes on the earth. Some of you just need to come, pick up a brick, say it might be a little might be a lot but I know God's calling me to make a sacrifice to give and to go come on get on your knees step up come and give